This episode of Fever Talk is brought to you by... The old woman who lived in the shoe. <laughs> uh, to get your special uh, discount shoes from the old woman who lived in the shoes, they're oversized shoes. They're for people who basically have like very large feet or drag queens. It's that kind of thing. It's just like, you know, you're trying to find shoes that are, are in your size. Uh, go to the old woman who lives in the shoe superstore that's on Capel Street in Dublin. Uh, and just mention that Fever Talk uh, brought you there and she'll give you a discount. It's not like a website because she's an old but woman. She's is, not but, sh- there, but there is a password. There is a password. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, just use the, the secret password. Hush puppies. Hush puppies. And uh, she'll give you like a good discount. She hasn't told us what price. Again, she's an old woman. Like she's, She kind of calls him as she sees him. Like, I mean, you know, it's all very, very like lackadaisical. But yeah. Uh, yeah uh, but the thing is, you could live in the shoes. Some of the shoes are big enough that you could actually live in there. Am I right? I mean, it depends on what size you go for. It and depends on what, what size, size you are. are right? Exactly. So uh, now on with the podcast. <laughs> Well, the sponsorships on this show are getting a little bit, like, ghetto. Do you know I, I mean? disagree. I actually think she's the best sponsorship we've had yet. Okay, fair enough. But I just feel like not everybody, like, our US listeners can't avail of that's the true. old woman who lives in well, the shoe on Cable true. Street. Well, then all the more motivation to come and visit Dublin. This is, this is I suppose this is all part of our tourist uh, <laughs> board's uh, enhancement policy. Yeah. Enhancement board. <laughs> Tourist board enhancement policy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so, folks, we've been gone for a little while. Um, so, very quick update as to why we were gone. We both got new jobs. Um, we're both working in the medical field. We are. We're both uh, in medicine. Yeah, I work, could in a, say. I work in a, in a hospital, and you work at, like... An occupational physician's office. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and we're both doing admin work. Uh, trust us, no one's given us a scalpel and, and access <laughs> no, to, to open heart surgery. But uh, because of that, we both had very kind of busy couple of weeks uh, adapting to the new jobs. Mm. Um, and also just like trying to sleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which was a, definitely a thing. And over I mean, last part week. of the reason we both got new jobs is because our old jobs were so. I was going to say taxing, but I, I, your job wasn't taxing. It's just the hours were... The I would work any combination of five days in a week. So yeah. I, I could so have... So you could work 10 days in a row. I could work 10 days in a row. And then have row. one day off and then work another five days. Like, you, you could have been jammed up. And you were oftentimes. Yeah, I would sometimes work... Like, I mean, like, I've worked the last eight days in a row because right. I worked the Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Jameson. And then the last five days in my previous job my new job I should say uh, my hospital job um, so yeah so it's it's kind of you know that took its hold but now we both have Monday to Friday jobs yes which, so this was our first weekend this is our first weekend yeah and it's been great <laughs> and it's Sunday night now and it's almost over but it's oh, but we still have more we're gonna watch a movie we're gonna get some Chinese food um, it's been great hasn't it hasn't yeah it? no genuinely <laughs> and, and I've been way more productive because I've had a weekend to kind of like just do some shit. So I, I, I got to uh, finish off the first draft of a script for a comic book project that's happening this year. Um, 
I'll more on that later, I guess. But uh, and then I got to yeah do a bunch of correspondence with emails from people who I needed to talk to about other projects, and so like that was good because I couldn't do that before like because no. I was not I very rarely even had two days off in a row in my old job right um so that was difficult uh, and then you had your private students all the time as well so not yeah. only were you working a day job during the week but you had evening work right. like random days with other students as well. So yeah. that, so that I catches was, up with you. Right, I had been very, very busy. Like it would be oftentimes, you know, I would leave the house at like half seven and then I wouldn't be home until like nine, you know. And yeah. then when I got home at nine, I would have more work to do. That's kind of what yeah, it was Yeah, because you have to prepare classes for the next day. Yeah. So yeah, so the, the they were both jobs that we needed to do because I think we were both trying to... Uh, Trying to get paid. Trying to get paid, yeah, essentially <laughs> trying to make that money. I think there were both jobs that we could have made more money doing than we were doing, so we both had to to leave those jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, we both have not only better hours but better money now, which yep. is great. Fingers crossed in the future that means that, that we can do more things uh, in general, mm-hmm. um, which would be nice. And just not worry and just not have to like deposit two euro into our bank account to pay rent, which we actually had to literally had to do, do that one yeah, month last we, year. Yeah, we had like two euro change in our pocket and we were short two euro <laughs> to pay rent. So we had to somehow find a way to put that two euro into our bank account. <laughs> and you did. You actually could, like, you know, we could, you can do that. You, I wasn't yeah. sure that you would be able to. I thought they wouldn't take my two euro deposit, but they did. I but mean, it was, it and was I'm fine. sure they, they had a funny, that was probably a funny story for somebody <laughs> in that bank. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, like the, over the last year, like we've been stuck a lot for cash. Yeah. Like I didn't have enough money to pay rent in, in January mm-hmm. for my job. And I was right. working full time you know job so we should be able to afford rent so it's it, it's it's nice to hopefully have those troubles behind us um and hopefully now that we have a bit more of a normal schedule maybe we'll have a bit more of a normal schedule with this podcast yes who knows i've learned my lesson over the years not to promise anything but who knows <laughs> uh but yeah i do because we've been away for a little while i've a kind of a little bit of a, a backlog of stuff that we have been meaning to talk about on here Ooh. And I haven't seen it, so I'm kind of like. So Ooh. yeah. So first of all, uh, I did promise all our listeners, or at least a couple of listeners who who cared, um, to to say, hey, I want to hear more about your D and D campaign. Ah. Uh, so I update on the D and D campaign. Yes. Um. So uh, the gang kind of um com- accomplished their first mission, so to speak, uh, as you were tasked early on to help a family find their two kids who were lost in the woods. And uh, it because w- yeah, there was a <laughs> who lived in the world. For anyone wondering why this is a thing now, uh, we went to see the Irish film, um, The Hole in the Ground. But before we saw it, what had happened was what had happened was I got up, you know, early one morning and I started like putting on YouTube as I was getting ready, and the trailer for it came on, and the first thing in the trailer is like a shot of a forest, and then it's like a creepy voice singing. There was an old woman who lived in the woods. And then I was just like, nah. And I turned it off because I was too scared. (laughs) I was terrified. And so then I was like, Aaron, what is this movie? Like, I want to watch the trailer, but I can't watch it alone because I'm too afraid. So you need to watch it with me, but we need to find it. And one night, I feel like you spent like 45 minutes trying to figure out what this movie was. I watched every (laughs) fucking horror trailer that had come out in the last month from like any major studio. And like, no, it wasn't any of these things. (laughs) Uh, but then we eventually found out it was 
an Irish movie um, that uh, I think might have a little bit of breakout success outside of Ireland. Yeah, I think so. Because your brother had heard My of it. My brother had heard of it. He's a huge horror fan, so he'd be, you know, a little bit especially more into yeah. this, and just still. a big movie buff in general, but yeah. But if it, if it gets good reviews, I think, and I think it should get good reviews. Yeah, it was good. I think it could be a bit like The Babadook in the sense that The Babadook was like an independent Australian movie that kind of broke out, and I yeah. think this might be similar in that sense. But it is a very, it's a very good Irish horror film yeah. that we enjoyed, but uh, that's why Darcy is singing this song along, um, in case you're wondering. That's right. Uh, so yeah, so the gang um, uh, had stayed overnight in the woods, got attacked by a bunch of twig blights and vine blights, and then the next day kind of set further into the woods than the, the father who was leading them, um, Kean, his name was, um, uh, who was leading them to the woods, had, had ever gone before because he was afraid to stay in that woods overnight on his own because the woods is known as being kind of dangerous and scary. Uh, you guys uh, kind of tracked very well. I was giving really? you guys a lot of tracking t- uh, tests to see Did if you could, see if you could keep the right trail. That was not on me, but good, no, that was friends. that was on the two trackers who was uh, Bevan's character Anne, mm-hmm. and uh, it was on uh, Claire's character Juniper. Yes. So, um, barbarian and and wizard, respectively. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, so they got into, um, they finally got into the the, the track as far as it would go, and it led them to this kind of, like, house in the middle of the woods uh, that was kind of very built into the woods in the sense that, like, it was, like, vines and roots that had kind of, like, merged with the house itself. And uh, you met an old lady called Magada. Mm, but when we first met her, she looked like a hot young lady. This is very with true. With voice. Yeah, she was like, uh, go away! Yeah. <laughs> was, was her, uh, very, her voice that I did for her. And But Juniper had something that Juniper, piqued her interest. So I made everybody roll at the start of the campaign uh, for a a random kind of item that's in the, the, the player's handbook list. You roll one to a hundred. And these items are just like kind of insignificant. Like one of them is like chapstick. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it could come in handy. Yeah. So, but they're just kind of random things to give your character that you can play with as you role play. And one that Juniper got um, was uh, a two-headed worm inside a wooden box. <laughs> and uh, so Juniper. Yeah. I mean, if if you knew him, <laughs> it is so him. And uh, his his uh, half brother uh, Brew, who's played by. Uh, in our group um, Brew loves teasing him about his worm and stuff like that um, and the two of them kind of give each other awful an awful time but um, yeah so Magda was like fascinated by this worm because they were looking for things to trade and Brew sold out his brother and <laughs> said like yeah he's got a worm um, and she's like oh what's this and she wanted to take a look and so uh, you guys went inside and everything seemed to be normal enough inside, apart from the fact that there's this odd lady who lives with these, like, three wolves. Like, you know. Right. And then I traded her some of my hair. She saw me. Yeah. And so I'm a halfling sorceress. and With she, auburn hair. With auburn hair. And she needed some auburn she halfling thought, hair. She thought she could use this in some potions and stuff yeah. like that. And she was very open about the fact that she makes, like, potions. And she traded, like, a health potion with right. you for these things. Which we didn't check to see if it was legit. But it turned out to be. So thank yeah, you Yeah, you that. checked afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I actually... And so, like, uh, Juniper also found these three potions uh, afterwards uh, that we... They were unknown to Juniper what they were. 
I had to do some research and figure out what they were going to be, so I now know what they are. Oh. I want, I don't know when Juniper will be able to Wait, find out what they are them? Herse- she themselves. Them? She took them? Uh, yeah, Juniper took these oh, three, three posters from the shelf. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, Brew picks, <laughs> sees there's a rug in the ground and is suspicious, picks up the rug and sees a trap door in the ground and all hell breaks loose mm. and uh, there's a big fight. Uh, you guys win. Um, you get to beat this uh, kind of green hag who was able to disappear and reappear and hurt you with your cl- her claws. And you managed to take out the wolves as well. And uh, when you did a search of the whole building and you were guys were really searching just to kind of more than anything, find some loose. Yeah. Well, Juniper was more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, you realize that there was what looked like a, just a chest in the corner with a rug over it was actually two cages with the two kids inside uh, kind of strapped up and uh, had been kind of starved for a couple of days and uh, tested and prodded to take like sweat and tears off of it for her potions. She was kind of like mining these kids for like ingredients for potions. So the with the family reunited, you all made it safely back home um, and uh, celebrated in the, the tavern in uh, the town that I made up, which is uh, called uh, Duloch. And, um, and we went to their, their house and Anne gave the children a little motivational speech and she gave them each a gold piece. <laughs> yeah, gold piece that she had received from the family <laughs> as payment for finding the kids. She gave back those gold pieces <laughs> to the kids. Like it was, it was an odd moment to have to admit, and then you, and then your character, uh, Garantina, was just kind of like, well, I give two gold pieces instead of the one gold piece that uh, Anne gave. And then Bevan's commentary was like, they're thinking like, yeah, they saved us, but they're really weird. Like, well, I think they're like, heroes, but, but we, we do hate them. Yeah, exactly. They're heroes, but we hate them. Um, they're heroes, but we do hate them. Yeah, and there was like a kind of you know a good uh, celebratory knees up in the tavern in the town that night and uh, and that's what we're picking up off for our next session but we won't have a session for about a month and Garatina vomited in the corner Garatina threw up from drinking too much yeah we made a constitution <laughs> save and throw on you to see if you could hold it down and you couldn't uh, but yeah so that was that's where we are now at the moment and that was a very much of a very linear kind of uh, story where you had a mission to complete and there was not much else to distract you on that mission uh, I did leave an option for something that you could have investigated, but you, you chose not to, because there was a trap door there uh, in the place, oh, and you, yeah. you took a look down, and it was a tunnel that led off in the opposite of the direction of the town that you were going back to. You had a choice to kind of let Kean go back on his own uh, and investigate it, or you could go back with Kean yeah. and the family and get your reward. Uh, you guys chose to leave this suspicious tunnel and leave it alone. Mm. Uh, and then when you got back towards the village, you saw a fire burning in uh, to your, uh, let's say, to your west, um, even though the village was to the east. Mm. It wouldn't have been that far away from the village at that point. You were talking about half a mile walk mm. in just the opposite direction but you guys again chose to kind of leave that alone I think we alone. were tired <laughs> yeah it was towards the end of the night but you know yeah. there's other things going on and I'm letting those things kind of come out so now the session from here on in will be very much like I'm gonna basically give you guys a lot of different things happening and see you can decide what to look at and what not to look at and we'll kind of see how that goes but uh, enjoying it so far it's been a lot of fun 
I think everybody's getting into the swing of the role playing a little bit, uh, slowly getting into it. And then everyone leveled up to level two now. Level uh, up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Uh, so that's that's our D and D session uh, that we had. That's our update. D and D update. We had other things to talk about, which are kind of a little bit old news at this point. But oh yeah, I'm I'm just kind of looking at your list now. Yeah. So uh, one of those things was an argument that me and you had <laughs> about the move about the TV show The Good Place. The Good Place. Because uh, spoilers if you haven't watched the latest season, but it's been over for a couple of weeks now so if you're not watching it you're probably not that worried about hearing spoilers uh but um basically um towards the end of it there was a whole reveal that the 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 rules about how to get into heaven uh or hell uh the the point system about you know doing a good thing gets you positive points doing a bad thing gets you negative points and you want to have a certain score to get into heaven they were showing that um they were saying that the rules don't work anymore because they haven't changed in over 2000 years and the world has changed a lot so that it's very difficult to make a good decision that doesn't have negative consequences anymore right and the the examples that they were giving were very kind of like western uh, life examples of like going to a supermarket and buying an orange yeah uh, and you know how that has consequences to un- to low paid workers and right. to uh, other businesses and all that kind of stuff how back in the day I think the original example they used is like they had some guy from the 1700s he bought his grandmother flowers it was all good points yeah then you know it was positive 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 then somebody you know yesterday bought their grandmother flowers and yeah good points were the grandmother but then all these negatives because of everything else pesticides of, used right. to, for the look after the flowers yeah. like all the the greenhouse emissions caused by the, the truck who delivered it and all this kind of shit right yeah. and because of this nobody has gotten into heaven the good place for what was it 200 years 300 i think years? it might even be 500 years no i don't think it no no it wasn't that no it wasn't that far back I feel I feel like it was, but maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, yeah anyway. no, it wasn't that far back. It was I think it was maybe 300 years or something. Maybe I'm not sure. Okay, we'll we'll argument's sake we'll say 300 yeah. years anyway. Yeah, and so I was kind of like, this is what happens when we watch TV together. I was kind of like, pause this. Yeah, and I was like, this is actually this is a regular <laughs> occurrence with Darcy. Darcy tells me to pause things a lot, and we were watching something a while ago, and you were kind of drunk. It might have been Drag Race actually. You're watching Drag yeah. Race, one of the the All Stars episodes, and you were really pissed with like what was going on because. Valentina was in the show and you hate Valentina. I do, I do. And so you're like, pause it. Now, can I just say how much of a bitch Valentina is? <laughs> and I was pausing it every five seconds. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Well, she is a bitch. So, um, I was kind of like, I don't think that's fair because I think that's very true of certain cultures and societies in the past 200 years and probably not very true of others. And so they're saying nobody has gotten into the good place in the past, let's say 300 years for argument's sake, because of like the connectivity, globalism, whatever you want to call it, that the world is now. And I'm just kind of like, but aren't there a number of people on the planet, like probably millions, possibly a billion that are untouched by this. And I was saying to you that I feel like there are, like, you know, even in, like, you know, uh, poor areas of Zambia, there's still supermarkets. Do you know? Like, it's not as if, like, you know, there are there are many places in this modern world that, like, don't have, like, businesses or a McDonald's, you know? 
Um, and so it's very, it's very hard to not have still those unintended consequences in this day and age. But then we got into this argument about like those like peoples who live in like jungles in the Amazon well, yeah. who still wear loincloths and stuff right. like that. And we got into a, probably what was a very problematic discussion about the fact that, okay, but like, you know, a lot of these sort of um, tribes will still do things like genital mutilation and stuff like that. But like that's what you were saying. That's is, not no, what I was no, saying. No, I hundred percent. I'm taking this on the chin and saying like I was making a lot of kind of like I was making a lot of assumptions and saying that you could still argue that even a tribe that's not taking uh, part in capitalism, so to speak, which is what the good place is kind of suggestion was that capitalism created a world where you know there are there are no good uh, actions without uh, negative unintended con- negative consequences yeah. yeah but i was saying like well even if you take a tribe that is completely separate to that there's probably something that's happening that's still bad yeah okay but then you're, but then the problem with that is that you're saying the only people who ever got into the good place were who people who are now touched by capitalism because it's not and i think this is where we we disagree and honestly neither of us has the data to, the data to like make a firm oh, argument on this. there's no way to settle but, this dispute uh, but like okay it's not just <laughs> tribal people like i mean there's there's what 1.1 billion people in india a lot of them live in very rural situations where they probably are Growing their they still own have food, shops. like yeah, but the shops are more locally sourced. Like I don't think every small rural town in like every country in the world has a supermarket where they've imported their food for somewhere else. Now I could be wrong, but, but I also, just don't but, think that's the case. But also as well, I think part of the arguments that the good place was trying to make, and I think maybe to a certain degree they weren't really making it very well. So maybe there's a bit of projection on my part. But, like, just the idea of our knowledge of the world has increased so much that we, can, we can't we can see something as being a simple action anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, having it, like, raising a cow on your farm if you're such a rural person. Like, cows are, like, a really negative thing for the, the ozone and, you know, like, they're, they're part of a culmination of problems that are, com- like, contributing to global warming. So, like, in general, like, you know, we know now that even having livestock is an issue. Also, we know, like, we have our ideas about eth- ethical treatment of animals and all that kind of stuff. Like, is it even ethical to, like, raise a cow on a farm and then eventually butcher it or use it for milk? Like, all those things, like, I I think that was tied up in this whole point system no, as well. I, I, no, I, it was. And when that reveal was first made, I thought that was so awesome. But then I was like, but wait a second. But still, like, all of that that you're saying within the logic of the show shouldn't be any different like in terms of the ethics of like raising livestock shouldn't be any different from now and 300 years ago and they're saying 300 years ago people still regularly got into the good place and now they don't so what's the difference it's that interconnectivity like that you don't know the unintended consequences and i'm saying there are still a lot of people and a lot of cultures that don't participate in that to the extent that it would destroy their chances of getting into the good place but i i'm wondering if the negative point systems because they've updated over the years. Like, you know, global warming wasn't a th- which wouldn't have been a thing on the point system, I'm sure, 200, 2,000 years ago. 
because global warming wasn't a problem back then. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So nobody would have been probably like getting minus points for having like you know livestock mm-hmm. back then. You got to assume that the point system has been updated over the years to reflect the more complicated nature of the world. Mm-hmm. And but therefore they weren't looking at like okay, well we've added all these negatives. We're not seeing actually how this is stopping anybody from getting into heaven. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my reading of it. But you were kind of more of a case of like, oh, the show just has this created has has a blind spot yeah. for anybody who's not in the Western world. Right. And we got into a very heated debate about <laughs> uh, whether or not that was true. <laughs> uh, which is in hindsight one of our dumber arguments. <laughs> but I still stand by what I said. Yeah, uh, I get that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was that was an argument we had uh, that I thought was was interesting and maybe uh, something that the uh, our listeners can contribute to. So leave a comment uh, in any of our Facebook pages or uh, our our um, website comment section, AaronFever.com, uh, where we post uh, the the podcast as well, and we can kind of uh, hopefully maybe settle this a yes. little bit for with any good place fans who sure. have their own opinion on this. <laughs> if I get enough people who are on my side, I win. I you don't agree to that. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, then there's been a couple of things in the news that I we've both had long conversations about, and they've been more kind of like you know philosophical questions, and they're both things that probably neither of us should be commenting on. Yeah. Because we're two white people, and it yeah. involves race. Right. But there's been two kind of interesting things that have happened recently, uh, in terms of like weird racial discussions mm. uh, first of all in order of when they happened because uh, we would have talked about this a while ago but we did yeah. our whiskey episode right Liam Neeson did a stupid thing Whew. Uh, and t- and randomly at a fucking like press junket for a movie that he has coming out uh, thought it was a good idea to talk about a time when he was really racist yeah <laughs> Uh, and to tie yeah, so he thought it was a good idea to talk about a time when he was really racist, and to tie it in with you know I guess some sort of human inclination towards revenge, but also revenge that is completely disconnected to actual kind of justice revenge, yeah, and revenge that is rather just very randomly and broadly racist. It's kind of blind and, and racist, yeah, like yeah. Bl- not it wasn't blind to race obviously, but it was blind to the actual person that like you could get revenge against and i think that's part of the problem because i think he was trying to make a point about revenge and about like um you know really negative human instincts towards violence but like his his actual point in the interview was that like this was a racist thing that i was trying to do for all the wrong reasons and it's something that i've learned from Right, but but, but I, why bring it up at well, all? Why bring it up because the discussion wasn't about race, <laughs> no, right? The discussion it wasn't. was about vengeance. Yeah, and like that can be a, a good uh, a good point to talk about. Like if you talk about a time that you were very vengeful and you shouldn't have been, and blah 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 blah. But this wasn't really a story about vengeance. It was more a story about racism. Well, because here's the thing. So for those, I'm sure everybody knows what the story yeah. is. But very very briefly, he talked about how a friend of his uh, years and years and years ago, I think in the seventies. Uh, when he was a younger man uh, in Northern Ireland uh, was raped by uh, somebody and he asked he was very angry about this happening and like a typical man he wanted to kind of like do something because we're idiots 
And so he asked his friend, like, did you see who it was? She said no. Uh, and I, I can't remember now off the top of my head. I feel like he asked, like, was it a black guy? Oh, or she just said, I only saw that he was black. Okay. I, th- I, f- I feel like she just said, I just saw that he was a black guy. I didn't okay. see, I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. I couldn't recognize him. And uh, so Liam Neeson, uh, for a couple of weeks after this, said that he was so worked up and so angry about it and wanted to take it out on somebody. So he would walk around with a with a with a, a kosh, which is like this kind of like you know beating instrument, like a like a kind of a sticky thing, and he. That was w- a new vocabulary word for me. Yeah, and I'm not. I could don't think I could pick one out of a lineup. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But uh, but I've heard of them, and he said he walked around this in this pocket around Northern Ireland. And I think he was in Belfast. I'm not too sure, but he was walking around uh, the city and waiting. For some, uh, as he put it, in quotation marks himself, some black bastard uh, to step out of line and give him an excuse to take out his anger on them. Now, he was trying to say, like, you know, I I was crazy. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, this was obviously the wrong thing to do. Right, of course. Now, if he told that exact story and he just said... My friend was raped and I was looking to just beat somebody up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and let's face it, the reality of it, possibly kill them. Um, because he wanted to, like, you know, uh, take out his anger on somebody. If it was just a man and that was it, never yeah. mentioned the, whether he was black or not. Yeah. That was a story that you pro- you probably could have let him away with bringing up in, in that in interview, mm. where he says of like, yeah, you lost your mind about revenge and you were gonna take it out on somebody who wasn't even involved. Isn't it crazy how like your mind works? Like you know, people probably could have thought like you know, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But because it was like a because he singled out like black people, uh, but also as well that like. You know, this is something, unfortunately, that black people have to fucking live with. Yeah, and I think there was a real lack of awareness around that. I think yeah. there was a real lack of awareness of how, how bad it was, yeah, what he, he was saying. He, he, would, he knew it was bad. It wasn't like he yeah. didn't, but it was just... But he didn't realize how bad it would be for specifically black people to hear this story. Yeah. He knew it was a, ba- it was a story about him being bad, but he didn't realize... Just how bad it would be. Because he knows if a white person heard this, they think, oh, that's bad. That's terrible. But the, for a black person to hear this story, that, it's more than that. That's fucking reality smashing them in the face. And I also don't know if he realized that it was a story about him being racist. Which I don't think he did Which it fully either. was. I think, he, I think he recognized that... Uh, yeah, he, I think he recognized that he was going to take out his problems on some other random person yeah but i don't think he realized how i think he probably knew it was a little bit racist yeah but i don't think he realized just how racist it was yeah uh because again how would he he's a white guy from northern ireland like you know i think irish people in general have a little bit more of a difficulty and we think the problem is we think we're better at this than we are i on a previous podcast many many years ago talked about how Irish people aren't really racist mm. because we we just don't see it that way because we haven't lived that in that sort of world. Mm-hmm. And that is very naive. Mm. And uh, it is, is... But we Irish people, I think, do have this mentality that we think, like, we're a little bit immune to some racism mm. because we didn't grow up with many black people in our country. So we didn't see a lot of racism in our youth. So we kind of think, oh, we're not that racist. Yeah. 
but it's it's only be it, we're more ignorant to racism I think than anything else yeah uh, I remember saying racist stuff in front of some of my friends of that race and getting a hard like kind of like you know talking to about it and me just going oh shit I didn't realize this was a racist thing to say really so you yeah. were saying things that you like I won't ask you to repeat it but you were saying things that you didn't even realize were racist no because okay so it was about um Spanish people yeah because uh, Ireland has a lot of Spanish students that come over like their teenage Spanish students that come over for several months of the year as part of like their kind of school trips mm-hmm. and so you get like gangs of like 20 Spanish teenagers I've taught uh, I've taught those you've so, taught those, those people yeah people. and in a small city they're very annoying um, <laughs> and uh, there is a term that we use willy nilly or at least everybody that I knew at that this time and this is like a good seven years ago or so but everyone I knew around that time would say like oh those, those spicks oh but we saw like I'll explain I'll, just, I'll explain my ignorance to you now but I think it's I don't know if the European connotation doesn't sound as harsh as it does in the United States well that's the thing I didn't because yeah. I, I saw this as a term that because I've said that to Spanish guys before and they've laughed at me if they're yeah. from Spain uh, yeah because it's like the word paddy right like, you can weaponize the word paddy about an Irish person but like we'll kind of call ourselves paddies as well we'll, it's a kind of term that's like we're okay with but I bet it'd be worse coming from an English person than it would coming from like a well, Spanish person. Exactly, for tone and all that. Because it of has stuff. to do with like if if there is an oppressed and an oppressor, it's it's worse. And like, what's our history and right. all that kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. And so I remember uh, talking about a similar story uh, when I was in the states, and I said the same thing. But there was uh, one of my friends who has is from you know Mexican family. Like she heard me say this, and she was just kind of like, "No." Yeah. Right. Like, don't ever do... Like, if you weren't a friend of mine, I'd cut you for saying that shit. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, what? And I explained myself, not realizing that it was a... a I, I thought but Were it, you saying it referring to a Spanish person? I was Spain? I was talking about Spanish students again. We were joking yes. about Spanish okay. students. And, yeah. like, those groups of teenagers yeah. that would, like, block up the street. Because I think it was... There was a similar situation we were talking about at this convention about, like, people just blocking up the streets. And it was a weird conversation at, yeah. like, 2 a.m. Yeah, do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But, like, it was just brought up. And there was a couple of other Irish people with me. And we kind of went like, you know, oh, though he had those bloody spicks, like, you know, having a little chuckle to ourselves, thinking nothing of it because we would say that to the Spanish person's face over here and we'd have a laugh about it. He'd be like, oh, yeah, Paddy, fuck off. Yeah, like, la, 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 la. right. It would be jovial in a sense, but not realizing that like it is like, you know, uh, is connected to much more deeper, harsher racial stuff in the United States. Yeah. And just how bad that is uh, to say it over there. And then that was my first kind of wake up of like, oh, there's a lot of racial stuff that I was just never introduced to Mm. because, you know, I haven't, uh, we don't have a hugely diverse country uh, in this country. Yeah. Um, It's getting more diverse, which is good, but... Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I don't realize is yeah, racist. It doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that I don't have the same racist problems that are inbred to most white people. Right, right. And, like, this is even worse in a sense because, like, it's from such a place of privilege. But for me, I grew up in a very, very, very white town. Like, you've been there, you know. Yeah. There, you know, 
like in a class of 700 kids there was maybe like one black kid or maybe two but in a funny way it's still even more diverse than dublin because there's so many kind of like italian americans and and yeah and the jewish irish americans there's a jewish yeah so but like, that's pretty much what it is i mean it's yeah. irish and italian americans and a very smaller jewish population and then like some you know not much else honestly and I remember thinking and actually Barrett um my best friend Anthony who I don't think listens anymore sadly but his fiance kind of said this to me because he's from the south he's from Arkansas he's like in the south you're taught not to be racist in the north you're taught the racism doesn't exist anymore and I feel like I was very much taught that racism didn't exist anymore and that it was a thing of the past and it wasn't until I went to college where I was in a more diverse situation that I realized oh my God, racism very much exists. Right, yeah. And it's kind of, you know, it's it's good to be made aware of that shit. And hopefully Liam Neeson has learned from this and been more aware of those blind spots that he has yeah. because of the life that he's led and where he's from and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and I think, again, if I think if he was an American guy... I don't think he probably would have thought it was okay to say to tell that story. Yeah. I think he yeah, thought it because he's true. from Northern Ireland and we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have had a black friend to tell us like dude that's not cool. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a particular kind of ignorance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh so yeah, so uh I mean it'll be interesting to see. I don't think this is one of those things that will stop him from having a career, but he's like he's he's old enough now where I don't think he really needs to work all that much, or probably will work all that much anyway. Mm. But maybe he'll be cast in less movies where he's, like, you know, killing a lot of minorities, which is kind of like his oeuvre for the last ten years or so. Like, people have pointed out, like, you know, in Taken, it was always, like, Albanians and stuff oh like that God. that he would go and, like, kill. See, I don't watch that shit, so I didn't even know well, what that's, was that, going on there. That is the problem with action movies in general, is that, like, it's usually, like, the white American man, like, you know, in a foreign land getting like like Rambo is like all that kind of shit as well like killing all the Vietnamese or whatever like so it's just a thing um yeah it's a bad thing uh speaking of bad things <laughs> is his name Jussie Smollett I think it is and I I would listen I don't know if this is right but I've been saying Smollett, Smollett. two syllables stress on the first syllable that's what I'm going with I, I don't know why I went with Smollett I probably assumed it's kind of Frenchy but it may not be Frenchy maybe not maybe because I think if it's an S it would probably have an E after the T Mm. So probably Jussie Smollett. I'm going with Smollett. Smollett. What a name. <laughs> yeah, Jussie. Jussie Smollett. <laughs> I feel like someone's drunk trying to say, say a does he smell it? Sorry to say, does, does he smell it? Jussie Smollett. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, he uh, had a more recent racial problem in oh, the news God. because okay. So the accusation is he made up a claim. Of being beaten up uh, by two uh, anti-gay, anti-black Republican supporters, Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. And he made a big news story out of it. And uh, it's being claimed by the Chicago police. This is a false claim. And that he had hired these two people to beat him up. These are two black guys from Nigeria. uh, Immigrants from Nigeria. And uh, he paid him to go, like, buy a MAGA hat and and a balaclava and come beat him up on the street. Even though, like, his wounds didn't seem to be too severe. Like, he had, like, a bit of a black eye or whatever. But, like, you know, he wasn't really hospitalized as far as I'm aware. 
I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. So it was like a, it was like a fist fight outside of a bar in that sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, still made news, and then uh, the the false claim has come out by the Chicago police, and he's been uh, arrested, but then let out on bail as far as more. But what's his statement? I don't know. I haven't he, really been following he, anymore. He denies the claims. Okay, so he's maintaining that he maintains okay. this is not true. Okay. And here's the thing. I mean, like usually everyone were kind of. Uh, Either quick to believe him or never, we're never, we're never going to believe him. And then I think a, a, there's some crossover, but those same groups are either quick to now say, "Well, shame on you, Josie," mm. uh, or a very much much smaller minority than any of those groups at all, but a very small group uh, are suspicious of the Chicago police. Huh. Well, they may have reason to be. Yeah, now, uh, I won't name names because obviously this is a kind of like, you know, a, a claim that could bring a lot of negative attention to somebody. But I've seen I've seen friends of mine talk about how it wouldn't be the first time that Chicago police have uh, falsified evidence mm. to cover a Chicago police officer. And their theory is that one of the people who beat up Jussie Smollett is a Chicago police officer or an ex-Chicago police officer. Uh, and once they realize this, they have to find uh, a scapegoat to cover their asses. Okay, there's... And, sorry, sorry and then these two lads who are claiming that they were hired to do this job are uh, Nigerian immigrants who right. are very dependent on a, a visa or a green card. And uh, to lean on them would be very easy to do mm-hmm. if you were, you know, if you wanted to stay in the country and the police knocked on your door and you say, do this or you, you, you might be sent back home. Um, and that the evidence of this is very sketchy. Okay. Like, that's a believable theory to me. Because to me, one of the strangest things about the whole story, and I was only aware of the story once it was already sort of being uh, said that he had made it up. But the two men that he hired to beat him up as if they're these big MAGA guys are two black men? Like, do, like why would he do that? Because if, you, if there was any video footage or anything and you can see that they're black men, it's very strange for black men to, you know, be racist. Like, yeah. what? So Like, I, wouldn't you hire two white guys you, you hire two for white accuracy? Guys. Exactly. Like, he's, he's an actor. He knows about how to hire extras. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that was, that reads really weird to me. And, like, that, what you said about the Chicago police covering their own asses, that sounds believable enough to me. Now, obviously, if this, if it turns out uh, that it is true and, and Jussie was making this up, obviously that's not great. And it really does set back a bunch of... Uh, issues. But but here's the thing. It sets them back for people who are already set back. It, it, for someone who's already, your eyes are already open, it doesn't and it shouldn't. You know, yeah, it gives yeah. it gives Fox News another fucking talking point, but they're a lost fucking cause anyway. But those people that you're talking about who, who are already suspicious of anybody claiming that they had a homophobic attack, yeah. they're the ones whose minds you need to turn. And yeah. by, by, by backing up their thoughts... 
with this sort of thing because people love to cl- to shout out false claims all the time and we like to point try and point out to these people false claims are like two percent or not even one percent right. of all claims and also though look at what happens when a claim is false it's found the fuck out so like yeah. use your logic and realize that if a claim is false it will be found out that it is false like yeah. you know and that's the thing and, and it's kind of it is frustrating in general like like because i i feel like if if this case against Jussie Smollett is dropped of fraud. Uh, like, if it doesn't go to court, that's a shame. And I think if it does go to court and he's cleared, I feel like there'll be very little attention paid to it. Mm. Uh, I think it will be forgotten about at that point. Mm. Um, so I think it's... Like, I, if it turn, you mean if it turns out that he really was telling the truth? Yeah, and this, yeah. Is, this is like... Even if... You could even make the claim that, like, okay... Uh, the police went down the wrong alleyway looking at this as if it was like a, a, a rigged system um, or, you know, a, a, a bossed couple of lads. Uh, if it turns out that not to be true, they can, they can claim like, oh, well, we, we chased the lead and we, we got misled. Like, you know, they can get themselves out of it. Yeah, because like, I don't know, sometimes for me it's like Occam's razor and it's like what's more likely and to me, and this obviously comes from like my own set of biases, maybe or maybe not, like I, he, ha- he would have to have been hopping mad to do this. Yeah. Hopping mad. And maybe and to he think, is. And maybe he is and to think that he could get away with it. But the idea of it being, uh, like, a, a police cover-up sounds more reasonable to me. Well, I mean, we've already seen, uh, like, SNL sketches about this. Like, people are already making a lot of fun of it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think to a certain ear, hearing us even suggest that this is a police cover-up will probably make someone go, like, oh, my God, you fucking liberals, you'll, like, come up with any old bullshit to try and, like, you know, cover for, like, a gay black guy. Mm. Uh, and, like, I get that. Like, I get it. Like, it sounds it sounds ridiculous to a certain degree. Yeah, but for, for me, this... Yeah, but what he... Like, for me, just the idea of him making this, like, whole scene, which wasn't seems even very ridiculous. well made, seems more ridiculous. Yeah. But also, for me, like, nothing nothing in the greater scheme of things should hinge on this. And that's my point as no. well. Like, nothing should hinge on this. This is its own case. Just because he made something up doesn't mean that anyone else does. Like... No, but unfortunately... But also, but also in the real world, false claims of, of all kinds of things do happen, and we have to deal with that too. And people should always be taken seriously when they have claims, but we have due process for a reason. And if he did do this, this is an example of due process working correctly and showing very quickly that he lied. Yeah, the problem is, is that, like, unfortunately, it's a very easy shoe to beat somebody with. Uh, if you're having an argument about false claims and stuff like that. And you're using a shoe as a weapon. And you're using a shoe (laughs) as a weapon. Or a home. Um, Shoes have so many purposes. And we've gone full circle, guys. Okay, so I think that's a great place to finish it. Um, So yeah, we had a lot to catch up on. This is shit to talk about. Uh, Next time will be probably a little bit more current. (laughs) Um, I might even get a chance to talk about some of those comic projects that I have coming up this year. Which is very weird considering like only a, f- a handful of podcasts ago I talked about kind of like not doing any comic comics this year. But I did kind of state that I'd only do comics that I was offered. Yeah. And 
I was surprisingly, I didn't expect this to happen, but a couple, a couple of comics offers came my way. So well, look at that. Uh, we'll talk about that more in the next couple of episodes um, and, and, on the, and other things that we have coming up this year. Uh, we will be doing Dragon Con this year. Yeah. Uh, so we will be making an appearance at conventions and stuff like that, but not many. So uh, again, we'll update you all on that shit in the episodes to come. Until next time. Shoes wisely. wisely. Yeah, shoes wisely. Shoes wisely. Yeah, perfect. <laughs>